Welcome to the Pretty Intense Podcast. Today on the show is the amazing, interesting, deep, spiritual teacher, Michael Beckwith. Michael's a meditation teacher, he's a conference speaker, and he's a seminar leader for the life visioning process. He's also been on Oprah, he has three books, he became very famous for his work on the show called The Secret, talking about uh, manifestation and the law of attraction. Um, so I've been following him forever. I, for those who don't know, I actually watched The Secret back in 2008, like pretty, like very close to when it came out. And then I went and won in Japan right after that. So I always kept that connected. We just had a really cool conversation about life and how it works and how energy works and how manifestation works and how, you know, the forces that keep us down and the and what we need to embody and feel so that we can create the reality that we want. And also outside of us, what is that reality? What is reality? And he is really good at this stuff and he's really brilliant. We got a little bit into extraterrestrials, we got into other entities. What a good human and what a what a beautiful message he has to offer. Just truly, truly enjoyed this interview. It actually just kept getting more and more fun as it went. So I hope you love it. Please hit the subscribe button and um, please let me know what you think in the comments. I'm gonna start off by like asking a big question. What is God? God is obviously more than a concept. God is a presence of love, beauty, intelligence, life itself. That's that's omni, omnipresent. It's God is everywhere. Omniscient, so it's all knowing, and it's omnipotent, meaning it's the only real power. This and there's nothing outside of the infinite. Everything else is an experience of our limited perception. So the presence of God is not a man in the sky. It's it's beyond gender. And uh, if you look at the evolution of human consciousness, you'll see humanity projecting human qualities onto the presence. Mm. God created an earthquake. God created a tsunami. God's creating suffering. God has chosen people, whatever the case may be. But as we evolve as a species, we come to an awareness that this presence is eternal in that we've all emerged from this presence. We didn't create ourselves. We emerged from the presence as a distinct unit of, of love and beauty and intelligence according to our uniqueness. So, so another way of saying is God is life mm -hmm. with a capital L that's conscious of itself, pure <laughs> consciousness. Yeah. What could that be? Like going a layer deeper, it's life. It's that what is that? What is life then? Life is that which is conscious and conscious of itself. It has uh, so the presence of God is totally self-conscious. It knows itself. Um, there are different uh, stratas of of um, of life that are not necessarily totally self-conscious. God is still there, mm -hmm. but God becomes conscious of itself mm -hmm. through us through a, a, a spiritual being having a human incarnation, we can become conscious of ourselves. We can become conscious of our thoughts, our emotions, our moods, our beliefs, our perceptions. All of that is in our field of awareness and we can become conscious of it. But that which is conscious, that's, that's life. That's the presence right there. So when, when an individual is becoming aware that something is passing through their awareness, mm -hmm. that individual, is aware of the presence of God as their life. You see, 
uh, it's eternal, it's forever, never took a birth, will never die, <laughs> is infinite, and will always be on the edge of greater expression of its infinite nature. So that 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 energy um, is the energy of evolution, you see, and it's the energy of unfoldment. Explain that more, that evolution, that always expanding. Like my deepest, biggest question in life is like, what is reality? <laughs> like I look around and I'm like, are we holographic? Are we in a yes. simulation? Are we are holographic, we, indeed. Like I want to know, because I feel like when I know what this game is, then mm -hmm. I'll know how to play it better. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have a lot of questions in there. <laughs> yes, that is how my mind works. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when we when we deal with uh, life, and life is infinite, no beginning, no ending. So it, and, and it has the capacity of expression. So it's always expressing itself. So there's never end to it. It's always unfolding. Now there's a difference between evolution and unfoldment. Okay. Unfoldment is there's something already perfect and it starts to reveal itself. For instance, you know, analogies are interesting, but we'll, they get close. So you have an acorn. So within the acorn, the idea of the oak tree already exists. Mm -hmm. and so the, the oak tree, the acorn doesn't create an oak tree. Through unfoldment, the, oak, the acorn reveals through unfoldment that there's an oak tree there. You see, so it didn't create it. It's not causing it. It's revealing it when it's in the right condition. So <clears throat> evolution is what happens to different structures based on external conditions. So we can say that, you know, there's an evolution of certain species. It got too cold. And so they developed fur, it got too hot. They lost their fur, whatever the case may be. But the idea of that species, the idea of a, of a human being, of a spiritual being, having a human incarnation, there's a perfect idea of us. When I visited Egypt, I was introduced to an expert aromacologist who explained the healing powers of various scents. I returned home with 18 bottles of powerful essences that unlocked specific feelings and had all sorts of healing properties. I became inspired to find a functional way to deliver them in a new consumer lifestyle product. Candles became my medium. Voyant means seer, a reference to the inner eye chakra, one of the key energy points in the body essential to wellness and healing. Voyant is a doorway to openness and imagination, a catalyst in our daily journey. Whether you're connecting with others or enjoying alone time, Voyant strives to beautify the home and the soul, to create a haven of peace and joy. The candle is delivered with a beautiful monogram 12-ounce stemless wine glass, which can be used after the wax is gone. My limited edition candle collection is available exclusively at voyantbydanica.com. That when the conditions are right, it unfolds, it reveals itself. So when you say, what is, what is the game? What is reality? Reality with a capital R is that love and beauty and life, they exist everywhere. But we must be the vibrational condition for it to reveal itself through us. Or if not, we get caught up in small r reality.
which is simply the experience of our beliefs. We experience our beliefs, whether they be true or not. Mm. You know, I used to do a, 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 a practical joke years ago when I was in college. I don't know why we call them practical jokes. They're not practical. But <laughs> <laughs> we would take a book of matches and uh, we would go up to one of the fellow, our fellow students and we'd light the match, blow it out, and then quickly touch the person with a cold match. They're thinking we're touching them with a hot match. And suddenly they form a, a blister, a heat blister on their hand. And they get upset a little bit. And we said, no, we touched you with a cold match. Follow me. Then we go to the next person, light a match, blow it out, touch them with a cold match. They get a blister more often than not. So they were having an experience of their belief. They weren't having an experience of that, which was reality, cold match. They were experiencing their belief. So humanity is experiencing a belief in separation, not enoughness, lack, limitation. They're experiencing that. They're experiencing a reality that's not real. It's, a, it's why we call it the world of appearances, because things that appear to be real are simply thought forms that we're experiencing. But it's in the, um, the background of God, love, beauty, intelligence, eternal life, which is never touched by experience. What is the role of the illusions that we experience? The anything other than love and connection and God frequency, energy, God consciousness, Christ consciousness, whatever you want to call it. What's the role of it? Well, it gives us feedback as to what what we are attached to in our consciousness. Now, let me break that down. In the heart of Napa Valley lays Somnium, which means to dream in Latin. The Somnium Vineyard Estate is an extension of the love and intensity that I pour into everything I do. To experience our wines, visit SomniumWine.com and use the code Somnium to receive a $10 flat shipping rate. Please drink responsibly. Just take the word problem as an example. Like people have a problem. Okay. Now, the word problem comes from the word emblem. Okay. So a problem is emblematic of what's in our awareness. Okay. So if we're attached to a particular thought form, a perception, a belief, an interpretation of a past experience, then that becomes emblematic as an issue in our life. So it gives us feedback. We're getting feedback as to what is in our awareness. So if we keep repeating something over and over and over again, there is a belief mm -hmm. uh, that probably has an emotion attached to it. It mm -hmm. probably has uh, um, the vanity of the ego saying mine. That, 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 in other words, that's my opinion. That's my thought. That's my belief, which creates a, 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 you know attachment. Then all of that shows up as experience. It's feedback. We're getting we're getting feedback all the time. So that small reality is 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 you, you say what's this role it's giving us feedback we're actually having a direct experience of our belief even if the belief is unconscious mm, it leads me to a question that i've asked a few different people but it's about objective reality and it's about being able to really see anything other than ourself mm -hmm. so 
what are your thoughts that come to mind? Basically, I'm wondering how is it possible that there is something? Can I see things objectively? And then that's actually a second question as to whether or not I'm ever really clearly seeing you or if I'm only seeing myself. You're seeing yourself and you're seeing what you think of what the thought you have of me. Okay. So that's um, still mine then. Yeah, it's still yours. So I don't like I don't see your thoughts. I don't actually see you objectively. No. You see <laughs> you see accumulation of beliefs, thoughts, perceptions, opinions right. projected onto me. Right. Some of it might be accurate, some of it might be inaccurate. Last January, I was about to do a podcast or a class, I can't remember. But I always sit down on my car, I always meditate before I pretty much do anything. Mm -hmm. And so when I opened my eyes, I was blind. I couldn't see. I was I was engulfed by white light. And the, the it was so powerful. It was like thousands of searchlights, those big searchlights. I was in it. So I called Reverend Kathleen McNamara and Lee Brown. I said, I can't do the interview right now or the class. I'm, I'm blind. I can't see. And uh, so I'm sitting there. I'm in bliss now. There's not there's no fear. It was, it was fear for a minute. But then I just relaxed into it. It was just, shh, I'm getting to this point. Um, so after a moment, I could see, I was in this light, but I could also see outside, for lack of a better word. And Kathleen and Lee were standing next to the door. Mm -hmm. And I looked at them, and what I could see was a filament of light in their being. It was like a fo fountain. It's a fountain of light. And I realized that that's who they were. They were light. They were light. The, 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 the body temple was um, encapsulating this light. Hmm. So, for, so I was giving the privilege at that moment of seeing who they really were. They weren't their bodies. They weren't uh, their past experiences. They were light. They were light. And that wasn't the first time I'd had that experience. It was the first time I ever had it publicly. With, with other people around. It, it was never, it was always um, in my house meditating or something going on of, of that nature. And so when you say, so we see our beliefs projected onto the screen of life. And uh, I'll I tell you a story. This is many years ago. It's probably over 30 years ago. I was about to teach a class. I was teaching a class. And a young lady came up to me and said that there was a, a man in the class that was kind of harassing her, not, not not sexually, but just bothering her, saying negative things and things like this. And she told me who he was. So I, I said to myself, okay, well, I'll keep an eye out for this. So I, I'm in class and I'm looking at the guy and I start to form this opinion. Wow, she she's right. He is kind of negative. He is kind of abrupt, blah, blah, blah. So I go to her and I say, I see what you're talking about. And I say the guy's name. She said, no, not that guy, another guy. I was looking at the wrong guy. But based on what she planted in my mind, I started to project that onto him and I started to see it. It just, it just really gave me a very powerful lesson yeah. about projection. And it gave me a powerful le lesson about taking other people's thoughts and, 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 and owning it and projecting it onto the world. It was it was very powerful. 
So it totally goes that that's basically the when we change the things we see change. Absolutely. Yeah, that was one of Wayne Dyer's favorite quotes, you know. How do we grow from 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 seeing ourselves through someone else? So first off, it's to know that we're seeing ourselves in someone else, right? So how do we grow from that? And then what are the ways that we can turn inside internally? And what are the sort of like modalities or techniques that we can use to grow and learn about ourselves by looking inward? Mm-hmm. So when we when we are what you're describing, projecting parts of ourselves onto someone else, we have to take responsibility and own that. Mm-hmm. You know, so so total responsibility is one of the first ways of, of growing. And then you have to say, okay, what is this that I am projecting? Projecting, is it um, a lack of self love and appreciation? Mm-hmm. Is it lack of self spiritual self esteem? You know, what what is it that I'm placing onto this other being? So when I take responsibility for it, now I can become still and I can allow to float up the actual belief or thought that's generating that projection. Now, that belief or thought is a lie. It's not the truth. It's a lie. Anything that's less than God, less than intelligence and the beauty and life, is it's a lie because we're spiritual beings emerging from the eternal. So anything unlike that is a lie that we're telling ourselves. How do we discern then? Like, how do we know what's a lie versus like, is that, is it just if anything is not positive or is it if anything is not life affirming is a lie. When we hear that that thought, it's not life affirming, then it's not, it's not the truth. It might be an experience we're having, but it's not the truth of our being. A lie believed acts as a law until neutralized. Any lie that we have that's running us, it will become our personal law. We can we can change states, we can change relationships, we can change jobs, but that lie will run us and it will act as our personal law until we neutralize it. Look within, we see the lie, we dismantle it through prayer, through meditation, through forgiveness, until it's no longer operating within us. Now we become free and we see life differently, we see people differently. There's less judgmentalism, you know, uh, there's, there's less projection, mm-hmm. but, it, you know, it doesn't it, it, it takes a, a degree of um, radical sincerity and inner work, real sincere, wanting to wake up and not just because once you have a projection, you put it on the world. The ego then says <clears throat> it fights to say, I'm right. Yeah, yeah. I'm right about this. And and that's one of the ways that we slow ourselves down because we embrace, I'm right. They're wrong. And you look for it. And then you look for it, right? If you have an idea that, you know, um, guys always cheat on me, then you go and look for it, right? Or if you have an idea that the world treats me terribly, you actually go out. And I'm only just, I'm like speaking from experience. You go out into your life and you actually look for, look to justify Yes. Belief. And you'll find it. And you're also helping to create a condition for that to show up. Right. Explain that more because that's the tricky one. Yeah. So we live in a field of infinite potential, infinite possibilities, but the possibilities can only come into manifestation if the condition is right. You know, you can have a you can have a seed. The seed has the potential to be whatever, olive tree, apple tree, 
but it's not going to do that unless the condition is right. It has to be planted, has to have the proper soil, sunshine, water. When the condition is right, it shows up. So that's true about anything. Uh, if, if, if you're holding a seed thought, whether it, the seed thought is affirmative or whether the seed thought is not affirmative, you're, if you create the condition, that thought will emerge. So if you're looking uh, for, what would you say, somebody cheating? What was the other or, thing you said? Yeah, or like the world is, uh, uh, you oh, know. The world's, like, a, the world's a bad place. Then what you're looking for, you're looking with. You're looking with that dynamic. So you're also helping to create the condition for that. It's, we're, we're vibrational beings. So we're vibing at the condition of what we are afraid of, what we cherish, sure. what we love. Yeah. See? So the bad news is that oftentimes what we are afraid of has more emotional impact. You know, if we, the, 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 the universal law says you don't get what you want. You get what you're interested in. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking around for negativity, then you're setting up the condition to have that experience. If you're looking around for that which is affirmative and life-giving, then you, you're beginning to trend in that direction. It's all lawful. None, none, none of it's personal. You know, if, if you fall off a building and you hit the ground and go splat, break your arm or something, it's not, it's not personal. Gravity's not personal, you know, to you. Oh, you know, I'm going to get her, you know. No, He's a good one. Soften the blow. Right. You know, it, it, it works either way. You know, it's not going to just suspend itself. Yeah. You know, so so we learn to, you know, own our projections. Begin to have an awareness that we're actually surrounded. Uh, Einstein once said, you know, the question we have to ask is the universe friendly, mm. you know. Uh, he he figured that it was the friendly the universe was friendly it was not working against us. Mm. I, I like to use the word progressive. It's <clears throat> if the universe is is progressive, it's not working against us. So we have to be in alignment with it, and then wonderful things occur because we're in alignment, not because we're good people, you know, and we're better than anyone. Mm. We're in alignment, you know. If somebody is a gymnast and they learn how to be in alignment with their body and how to do certain poses and things you know they're not better than anyone they're just in alignment with that particular skill so in the same way we learn to be in alignment with our intention we learn to be in, in alignment with spiritual practice and then our personal law changes See, for me i always figure i always feel that everything's i just have an awareness everything's always going to turn out okay i don't have any other thought even in the midst of challenge that's just my inner feeling so, you know, if it hasn't turned out okay, it's not over. <laughs> over. I totally, I'm with yeah. you. How do we get into alignment? You know, I have my own experiences with this, but what is the quickest way? Because then I also will add that I'm not sure we always know what's best for us or even <laughs> really, <laughs> really even who we are That's to true. some degree. So we can't, it's not, I don't think we just know. Right. So how do we get into alignment with the energy that's actually true? And then what are the signs that we're in alignment? Now, most people don't know because individuals have been imprinted from the time they were in embryo mm. with uh, the social milieu, whatever's happening in society, whatever's happening in our parents' home. You know, so our wanting 
and what we think we want is not really coming many times not coming from our soul it's actually coming from society right you know so when we ask for what we want we don't even know if we really want it <laughs> you know what i mean right. I, I was counseling someone uh, last year very famous young uh, individual very rich very famous and uh she had been in and out of rehab many times and um and she said to me she said you know what when i was in my 20s i wrote down that i wanted to be rich and famous she's the very next week I, I got a lead in a in a series, been working ever since. She said, I have not had one happy day since. And, and now this person's close to 60. You know, they could have been in and out of drugs, bad relationships, but they thought they knew what they wanted, rich and famous. They got it. And they have not had one day of happiness. Now they're starting to, because they're coming into a spiritual awareness. So you're right. Most people don't know what they want. They're What's getting the lesson in that then. If you can ask for something and get it, somebody did ask. Yeah. But then How you want to you, you infuse that with certain qualities. Okay. I want, I want to be I want to be full of joy. I want happiness. I want peace of mind. I want a deep sense of well-being. Uh, you know, these so whatever you get, you want to be in that soup. Physical emotional qualities, yeah. Yes, to 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 imagine instead of the exact thing, just visualizing and feeling and embodying the way you want to feel. That's it right there. And then know. let the universe deliver how you're going to get that feeling because that's essentially all you really are looking for. Absolutely. It will create the condition to match that feeling. Harmonizing prosperity, really great friendships good support system, health of the body temple, that will all, all come because you're putting first things first. You know, there's an old statement that says, hell is God giving you everything you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because well, you're immature. I mean, I mean, do you want what your six-year-old want, wanted? You know, do you? Right. And it goes back to, do you really know what you want? Right. 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 You know, are you mature enough to even be able to ask for the right thing? Right. So you encapsulate everything with a with a quality, qualities okay. of love and joy and happiness and peace. You say what you want, and then you always add this or something better. So you allow the universe to be able to maneuver it so that you're not stuck with your limited wanting. My friend, um, my dear friend Nada, she gave me this little mantra to say when things are a little awry and she goes, I just stop and I ask the universe, how can it get any better? <laughs> I did a, how I can it do, get any better? <laughs> I used to do talks on it all the time. That's the I question mean, you ask. How can it how, get any better? How can this get better? And you do that even if things are really good. It's true. It's true. You're, you're totally right. You're yeah. exactly right. And uh, it's amazing. I mean, you most you, you notice it the most when there's the most contrast, right? But it's like you just can't believe that the universe lined up something so magically that you're like you can do nothing but believe in the power of saying those those words. And how can it get that. better than this? Can it get better than this? Yes. And then the universe and goes. The universe will show you. Show you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm infinite. Look at this. I have. It's getting started. Mm, every potentiality 
available yeah. is right here. Absolutely. Um, so then what are the signs that you're in alignment? Because again, if you're not always sure, you just sort of ask for the feeling you want. When do you go, okay, wow, stay on course. Yes, this is right. Even if maybe something hasn't fully materialized or come to fruition, what are those winks from the universe that are the, the are saying yes? Well, in the manifest world, there um, obviously there are serendipities and coincidences that occur that you did not plan, that just show up, opportunities that, that pop up, that show up, you meet the right person at the right time, you realize, oh, something's happening here. And then there's an, then you start to have an awareness that you have less and less anxiety and anxiousness and a greater sense of peace and a greater sense of peace is not tied in to an external event. It's like sometimes, well, you know, why am I so happy? You know, why, why, why do I have so much peace? Because nothing seems to have changed in the external world, but I'm feeling the greater sense of happiness and joy and peace. You know, that means you're coming more in harmony with your intrinsic nature. It has nothing to do with the external world. And now, as I said earlier, conditions will start to shape shift in order to um, give birth so you can give birth to your highest desire, your soul desire, your heart's desire. Mm. What is your understanding of dimensions and timelines? Because <laughs> it feels like right? We choose a different reality for ourselves and we literally get onto another track of, of life, essentially. They're, they're infinite dimensions. You know, dimensions are, are vibratory planes. Got it. Earth plane, which is composes of three dimensions. You go to the, the fourth dimension, fifth dimension. There are different, different dimensions. This is what uh, Jesus meant when he said, in my father's house are many mansions. Today, mm -hmm. he would say, in this unified field of awareness, there are many dimensions, you know, and I go to a, a, a high dimension and I'm waiting for y'all, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. But yeah. so, yeah, there are many dimensions that we have access to and the average person is dimensionally challenged. <laughs> <laughs> they only live in three. I mean, <laughs> why would you just want to live in three dimensions? But materialists have a, have a tendency to live in only three, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, someone that may call themselves might call themselves an atheist might be living in three. Maybe not. There are many atheists that embrace the qualities of love and peace. So they live in higher dimensions, even though they don't believe in God. You know. So there are many, many dimensions, and the idea is to be able to um, bring those dimensions and that frequency to Earth. In the old uh, theology, it was dying and go to heaven. The new theology is I'm bringing heaven to earth. Yeah. I'm expanding my awareness while I'm here and I'm bringing it here. I'm not going to die except to my littleness. And so I can be in heaven now. I can be in the higher frequencies now and then bring it to earth. So the old theology is dying, even though it's still loud and, and clangy and, and uh, still a lot of believers at that level. But more and more people are escaping into an understanding that Wow, heaven's right here in my own awareness. It's right here. Has it always been that way, though? Always. It's always. Nothing's changed. What's hell, then? Hell is a state of consciousness, of mainly stagnation, refusing to grow. So heaven 
the word heaven is a Greek word that means ever expanding good. That's what heaven actually oh, really? means. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And hell is stagnation. I'm, I'm not growing. I'm stuck. So if a person, a person puts himself in hell if they're stuck in resentments, animosities, unforgiveness, hate, you know, and they refuse, you know, a chip is too heavy to carry, hmm. you know, uh, a grudge is too heavy to carry, you know, but that's hell. Hmm. The person is stagnating. So heaven is expansion. Hell is stagnation. They're states of consciousness. So they're not places, even though they're vibratory places. It's not like, you know, a person can be in hell on earth. What are some of the universal laws that are the most important to understand? Because you talked about our own laws that we create, essentially. What are those outside of us that are universal laws that we could benefit from? Based on linguistic convenience, everybody knows about the law of attraction. That's a very basic law. You know, as you become in tune with a certain feeling, a certain vibratory, imaginal realm, you bring that into your experience. Mm -hmm. It's really the next law. It's really the law of resonance. You're actually like a tuning fork. If, if somebody hits a tuning fork, everything in that frequency will start to vibrate. So when you start to resonate with the dynamic of abundance, prosperity, love, peace, those qualities, you become a, you become a, everyone resonates, everyone generates a field. You start to generate a field. So there's a law of, of resonance that, that we come in harmony with. That happens when people are chanting, they're singing, they're praying, you know, um, they can, somebody can like go in their garden and they just kind of fall in love with the flowers or they fall in love with their dog or whatever the case may be. There's a, there's a level of resonance. Then there's a law of emergence. Meaning that at a certain point, that which is within you begins to emerge. It begins to show up. Uh, a butterfly emerging from a caterpillar. Caterpillar is already there. The imaginal cells are already in existence within the caterpillar. When the condition is right, the, the, the butterfly emerges. So there are qualities within us, gifts, genius capacities within us. And we're not really attracting them. That's why I said the law of attraction, we use that word as linguistic convenience to, to help people just understand. Sure. But really what's happening is you are coming into that vibration so that that which is here can emerge from you. Because if you stay with, I'm going to attract something to me, you're saying to yourself, I don't have it. I'm going to get it. It's going to one day come. So you end up putting your good in the future. So when I start to come into resonance, you see, um, it, it's it's different. You know, there's I'm 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 in resonance. So so you know so I'm not saying that a vision board doesn't work. You can look at stuff and start to feel. You start to feel. Oh, this is what prosperity feels like, and then you sustain that. So, so there's the, resonance. So the feeling. So. Yeah. So it's getting into the feeling, the yeah. visceral body feeling yeah. might arise emotions. You might breathe heavier. You might cry. You might smile spontaneously. Yeah. Something where you actually get into, you actually become it. Yes. 
the feeling provides the healing. And then there's emergence where then it emerges from you. You see, the, now the issue is many people, <clears throat> they do it on a hit and miss basis or they dabble. Because mm. I'll ask people, well, do you meditate? Yeah, do you do this? Yes, do you do this? Yes. And then I'll say, what, consistently? And they'll say, well, you know, I kind of dabble. I go, when I'm in emergency, when it's an emergency, I'll do it, you know. Yeah. But, but if you move from dabbling and curiosity to a level of dedication, you start to see greater results. It's so interesting. I'm, I would guess I'd have to say I'm a little bit of a dabbler. I use spirituality, spiritual sort of modalities on an as needed basis. Is it possible to almost feel so blessed that you don't even know what to ask for? Yes. You just stay in the feeling. And then um, that the feeling of gratitude, maybe, maybe you can relate to this. Sometimes parents would say to their kids, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. <laughs> sure. You ever heard that statement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the universe says, if you don't stop being grateful, I'm going to give you something to be grateful for. So if you hang out in gratitude, even if you don't know what you want, mm. if you hang out in gratitude, then the universe brings you something in that vibration. And it's that it shocks and surprises you because you, you, you weren't really, you weren't that specific about a, X, Y, or Z, that's, but yeah. suddenly something op yeah. adorable. Okay, that's you know? good. I like so, that. Yeah, so I gratitude like and that higher frequency really, really helps you be in alignment with the law of receiving, your, your, uh, re receptivity, availability. The, the greatest availability on the planet, excuse me, the greatest ability on the planet is availability. You know, how available am I? Am, am I? Am I to the total givingness of the spirit. How available am I? You see. And uh -huh. so there, there used to be a belief that it was IQ that determines a person's success. Now we know that it doesn't. You know, Harvard did a 30-year study, uh -huh. took the highest IQ people entering to Harvard and other colleges, and then mapped them for 30 years and showed there was no correlation between high IQ and happiness, health, or success. There's no correlation, you know. But there was something I, what I call availability quotient. When you're available, there's a you used the word surrender earlier. You're surrendering to something higher. You're yielding. Doesn't matter what your IQ is. Your availability quotient and your your your, your gratitude. Your hanging in possibility thinking provides the context, the vibrational context, for more good to flow into your life. You see, and so it's not IQ. It's AQ what blocks us from things because of the dimension of time well let's let's go two two ways at this one there's something called involution and there's something called evolution involution is the planting of the seed evolution is the evolution of that seed to become what it's supposed to be and mm -hmm. in three dimensions that takes time you know yeah. it's, it takes time for an acorn yeah years and years and years to finally become a mature oak tree okay uh -huh. now at the meta level at the um non-dual uh, non-linear level there's yeah. no such thing as time time doesn't exist time is a mental construct right see um time is the measurement of distance so where are you right now what part of the world are you in arizona okay so in arizona 
So there's distance between us physically. So it would take me a certain amount of time to get to you if I walked, if I drove a car, if I if I was on a plane. We'd measure that. You know, it's going to take this amount of time to get to her. You know, so it's the measurement of distance. It's the measurement of duration of a thought. So if I'm having a thought and the thought has captured me, I'll have an experience of that thought. Let's say you imagine that a snake is coming into your room right now. It's not a snake, it's just a rope. But you imagine it's a snake <gasps> and you're nervous and you're anxious. Oh, my God. And for the next 10 minutes, the duration of that thought until somebody says, it's just a rope. Oh, okay. Now, in reality, there's no distance between us because we're both emerging from the center of the universe. Okay. And the moment that thought stops, that experience stops. So time is not real. It's an abstract concept that is used in this dimension to measure evolution. You ask the question, you know, what is it that we don't know about time or how we how do we use it incorrectly? By putting our good in the future, we'll say, my ship is going to come in. It's going to happen one day, you see. But we have to feel and act as if it's already happening. Yeah. So somebody would say, you know, what would you do if you're prosperous? Oh, you know, I would be very generous or whatever. Okay, be generous now. But I don't have any money. I'm not, I'm not talking about money. Be generous with your time, your thought, your compliments. You know, you can't you can't give a hundred dollars. Give a dollar. You know, but load within your generosity the feeling of having. Mm -hmm. Here's the here's the, here's the other law. <clears throat> It's, it's stated in the Bible. It's a beautiful law. It says, to he or she who has, or is given, and to he or she who has not, even that which they have shall be taken away. It's not personal. So if you walk around feeling that you have, more is given. If you walk around feeling that you have not, then that which you have is taken away. So what do you do? You put yourself in a position of being a giver, even mm -hmm. if you have little. Even if you have little, you still consider yourself a giver. This is why I tell people, you know, if they, if they want to be more prosperous, you know, when you get paid or however you get your money, put a little bit aside that you don't spend. Just start saving for yourself. Oh, that's 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 going to take too long. I can only save $10 a week. It doesn't matter. Every time your mind looks at what you have, it'll start to, the law will start to become, I have. I have $10, I have $20, I have $50, I have $100. I have, I have, I have until your, your inner frequency starts changing from I don't have yeah. to I do have, and then more is given. Opportunities start to open up because you're feeling that you are a haver. Opportunities start to open up that brings more prosperity, more opportunities for prosperity in your life. So you don't put it into the future now because we're just energy, energy just vibrating and we're just matching why why is that so hard for people to grasp <laughs> well people are in the conundrum of the human experience they're 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 daily under assault by their own minds that's been hijacked by fear and then they're addicted to the fear because of the toxic chemicals that go through the body temple there are people that actually are addicted to the news. 
start, there's a chemical that's released, it's cortisol, it's released, you know, and it, 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 it debilitates the immune system, it stops you from thinking coherently, you get, you enter into fight and flight, it messes up your blood pressure, but people become addicted, they think they're alive. I have drama, therefore I am, you know, there's drama going on there, I'm alive, Woo! You know, so there's a great addiction. It's it's called fear porn. Is society guilty for perpetuating more of those things happening because thoughts become things? The average person is just ignorant, but there are nefarious forces that want you to buy things you don't need that manipulate so that there's greater fear or greater sense of doubt or a greater sense of lack of self-worth unless you're wearing this kind of perfume driving this kind of car taking these kind of drugs to alleviate your anxiety you know so people use the power okay of influence it's called malicious hypnotism is what it's called mm. They, mm. They, 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 they they become adept at malicious hypnotism so that there's a certain level of angst that people live in and when there's a certain level of angst, people are more easily controlled. Their mind is more easily hijacked. So we actually have to take back our mind. You said nefarious. So now I'm going to have to go down that rabbit hole. I'm going to go like wacky out there a little bit like nefarious. So I feel like people are good. To me, in my experience, we're programmed by our environment. However, there's also belief that there are truly like evil, nefarious people, perhaps even other entities like controlling human beings so when you say nefarious how far does this go or where does this go beyond mm -hmm. humans mm -hmm. well when i met nefarious i met people that were so blind to themselves they operate out of greed okay stinginess manipulation control might makes right there are people that live like that and they're so cut adrift from their from who they are that their choice and decisions are totally ego based it's not we it's a total i i'm going to profit from this i'm going to be successful i'm going to control mm -hmm. you know so it's so it's the so fairies in that sense okay. in terms of outside of the human uh species of course there are beings to think otherwise would be foolish you know i mean when you look at now the new telescope that just came out and you see trillions of galaxies, uh, you know, that exist, uh, you know, the, somebody would be silly to think that the earth plane is the only plane where there is life. It's just silliness. It's just, you know, so of course there are other beings and they're all developed at different levels. There are certain beings that are very highly developed, but they're underdeveloped emotionally. And so mm. when they're doing things, they have no idea that they're hurting people. It's not, it's not a part of their, they haven't evolved at that level yet. So if in fact they begin to experiment on somebody or it's, you know, things like that, they're not even in touch with the fact that they might be scaring or hurting that person. So it's not like I want to scare and hurt this person. It's like, I don't, have, it's like a sociopath doesn't have the capacity. Right. So, so there, there are beings out there. I wouldn't call them sociopathic, but it's un, unevolved at that level. You know, we have people on the planet Earth that are very empathetic. You know, they don't want to cause pain. They don't want to feel pain. They're very emotionally mature, so to speak, you see. 
so yeah, there's all kinds of beings beings um, that that exist out there, and uh, and some absolutely inter interface with humanity, interface with our government, and things of that particular nature. I mean, I mean, I know, you know, I I know this like for a fact in terms of people that I've worked with, you know. So it's not like how does that show up then? How does that show up? Like when you say you know. Well, I, I well, I, I don't generally talk about this. You know, for instance, I knew I know a guy. He's he's passed over now. He worked with many presidents of the United States, many of them. Mm-hmm. His mother was a human being. His father was not, and he he was an extraordinary man. Mm-hmm. He did so much to keep people safe on this planet mm-hmm. and the country safe. And he had to deal with forces that weren't necessarily operating for the highest and best of all concern. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I knew this guy. I, I, I met him through some other people. And sometimes when things were happening on the planet that were very terrible or about to be terrible, and they, him and his people had to intervene, he would call us together. One, two, three o'clock in the morning, we'd have to go into meditation and prayer. Wow. Hold space yeah. while they used a bomb or why they did this or why they did that, you know. And I was privileged to this kind of thing. And and he would say to me, if you ever see me in public, don't speak to me. Just pretend you don't know me, you know. And that, that was years ago. He's gone on. But it, that, that's, that, that's one thing. You know, I've had other experiences. And I've had friends who've had other experiences with, these, uh, with other beings. The Western world is so censored. It's so censored. The media is so censored. People just are ignorant about the things that are so very in front of our face. So I would tell the human beings every now and then, just look up. <laughs> I interviewed um, John Paul DeJoria a few years ago now, back when my podcast first started. And um, he started Paul Mitchell and Patron and super successful entrepreneur. He told me during this interview, it was not anything that I was expecting um, based on talking to an entrepreneur at his of his level. Um, but we got into aliens and extraterrestrials and artifacts and things of that nature. And he said, this was in 19, this was summer of 19. He said, within five years, we will know that extraterrestrials are real. And it is 2023. And we've had all this stuff just go on recently with shooting down craft and these rando balloons and whatever's going on. So is this the time? I think even more than that, I think besides those balloons, people are seeing sightings all over the United States, all over the world of these um, crafts that can stop and go, stop and go up and down and, and, uh, I was in Arizona here last week. Last week, there was one where there was like a a streak in the sky and it was sort of like more a little bit vertical, horizontal, like line. And I thought it was just some weird cloud. Like I remember looking up and being like, it's weird. And I look, I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's some kind of like, maybe it was a plane or something like that. Anyway, then all of a sudden it shows up on the news. Like, what is this in the sky? Like, when they well, we say, to- when people like, you know, love Neil deGrasse Tyson, I, I think he's amazing. I think he's interesting and smart. But like when someone like him says like, but where's the proof? I'm like, I don't know, everywhere. Like, what do you mean the proof? Like there's so many videos and, uh, and accounts and pictures and 
so much. There's for so years, much. For years, for years. I have a, a friend that was um, in the service and he was uh, on the uh, ship during Desert Dead Storm. And he would see, they would see these um, different crafts hovering all the time. And they were, they were sworn. I said, you can't, you know, they were, they were told you can't tell anybody what you see, you know. But it's people like Neil deGrasse, who's, their intellect is so high. But in order to really go to the next level, you have to suspend the intellect to go into your intuition, direct knowing. And a lot of those people can't do that. They're, they're, they're inhibited by their intelligence. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? They're yeah. inhibited by their intellect. If they can't smell it and taste it and touch it and hear it, you know, it doesn't exist. So they are uh, hindered yeah. again by living only in three dimensions. Yeah. You know, so so they 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 think they're not hindered, but they're in the world of academia. You know, and the world of academia has never healed anything. And it's linear, right? You have to go totally to get it, right? Like it's just, you know, mm-hmm. but when you get in tune with get an alignment, now you flip that vertical and you're in alignment with all potentiality. Absolutely. But that doesn't make sense to a linear person. What about, you know, star seeds, crystal children, uh, you know, benevolent beings coming through humans? Is there, are there, or like the first wave of volunteers, second wave of volunteers? You know, whatever name we give them, you know, everything is evolving. So the earth is vibrating at a at a at a rate that's never vibrated before. It's it's Earth is very conscious. So when you when you talk about um, the different crystalline children or whatever, the, they're matching what's happening on the planet as well. No. So there's a, there's a there's an evolution that's happening with Mother Earth. And so the ba- babies that are being born are actually matching the next frequency of the planet. You know. So you go back a number of years ago, people were heavy materialist spirituality then burst onto the scene. I mean, not that it wasn't always here by certain avatars and, and followers, but, you know, early 80s, it went to another level. And now this conversation that we're having right now, this would have been really woo, 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 woo 30 years ago. Yes. Now it's accepted. Now it's accepted. It's a woo, woo to some people. Yeah, but you know it's accepted because the evolution of consciousness has happened. So yeah, those beings exist. They they're matching the frequency of the earth. I see. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. That those waves come in as the frequency of the planet shifts, and that is what's anchored with the new children. So how do you take into like what do you account for, or what are the beings that are so much more evolved, you know, such as yourself and have such great or such a greater awareness. And, you know, there've been all throughout history. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, um, the Buddha, Krishna, like how do you account for these, these, these very special individuals that defy the frequency of the planet? Well, there's, there's no special beings that they're just beings who specialize. So, so just like there's no one born pretty much unless they are a savant, you know, from another lifetime playing the piano, they practice, 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 practice until noise becomes music until the music plays them. So we say, oh, he's special. She's special. No, they specialized hours until they had that genius of being able to play the piano. So when you look at the Buddha with his practice of meditation, not you know every day every day every day 
long periods of time, he specialized in taking his attention away from the world until he woke up. You know, you look at Jesus fasting 40 days, 40 nights, you know, fighting off his ego, which was called Satan, fighting off his ego, uh, coming to an understanding that man is not meant to live by bread alone, but by the every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now we know if the God is to have a mouth, so he's living directly from the field of awareness. He's, he's directly from the field, you see. Um, you study all these people, they had a certain level of devotion, sincerity, and practice mm -hmm. that opened them up to seeing reality. Now, it can be argued they probably did a lot of work in a previous lifetime. Maybe, maybe not. The difference between Jesus and Buddha, supposedly, according to my friend who's passed over now, David Hawkins, is that um, Buddha got off the wheel of reincarnation after many lifetimes he awoke jesus did it in one lifetime in, in one singular lifetime he became aware of his oneness with god but without, not without dedication yeah not without practice now with all the teachings that he said how to do it go into your inner closet god reward you openly forgive 70 times seven make it a way of life you know, he gave you all the, he gave you the blueprint, you know, yeah. and then Christianity came and just kind of smothered it. But, but the teachings are, are very powerful. So all these big Krishna, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, total avatar, total awake, you know, um, like Jesus, I think arrived on the planet that way, you know, and, uh, so there's a lot to say about what happens even before you get here. Explain we that. Have, we have pre-incarnational pre choices, okay. meaning when you are about to take a human incarnation, you didn't, you, you didn't get pushed to take one. You chose an incarnation. And in choosing that incarnation, you also chose you know, what you wanted to contribute while you were here, what you wanted to learn while you were here. And so whether a person is a savant or, or not, a person has chosen to be here to go through whatever this experience is in order to make their contribution, in order to hone their gift, in order to um, forgive their past, in order for them to wake up. And sometimes people get caught in the sludge mm -hmm. and forget why they came here until, until they yeah. wake up and say, oh, this is why I was here. Oh, they hear a voice. They see a podcast. They read a book. Yeah. What I've been doing, what I've been doing with my life. Well, we're talking about sort of like recognizing your oneness, but that feels like second phase, first phase being what usually feels like almost like a spontaneous awakening. Is that how it normally goes? But many people have that and don't don't do anything with it. Oh. It becomes a memory. Really? Like, it's like you can't come back from that. You can't come back from that. <laughs> you can't come back from that feeling. It's like so can't. beyond. But sometimes people put themselves back to sleep. Why? It's too much. It's Did too they much. choose that? It was too much for them. They didn't How much have free a, will they, is involved? They didn't have a, it, it's totally involved. They didn't have, um, you call yourself a dabbler, but I can tell you a little bit more than that. <laughs> <laughs> If you have, if you have uh, a Satori moment today, Satori, you suddenly you just see more than you've ever seen before. Yeah. You're not going to go back to sleep with that. Oh. Because you have some level of understanding and some level of practice. You're going to fan that fire. Mm. You see? Now, somebody that's just 
not awake, doesn't have any spiritual practice, it can go two ways. They can say, oh, my God, I got to find out what this is. That's what happened to me. Yeah. I had to discover what happened. What happened? You know, it, it changed my whole my whole life changed. And I know other people who just became a memory. It's still theirs. It's bothering them, but they're not doing anything about it. Environment, fear. Some people are, the light is so bright on the ego that the ego will put up roadblocks and distractions to keep you from exploring it further because the ego does not know the difference between enlightenment and annihilation. That sucks. <laughs> it doesn't know the difference. All it knows is it ain't gonna, either way, it's not going to be running the show. <laughs> The ego doesn't know the difference between enlightenment and annihilation. That should scare the crap out of everyone. Well, it definitely scares the crap out of the ego. When you start to feel that you are an eternal being, then the only thing you're ever losing is your limitations. You know, you're not, you don't ever lose anything when you surrender. What does that feel like to you? It feels like everything is always going my way, even when it appears to be not. I, I, it's just how, it's how it feels. It feels like. Like life is good. It's not a life that's free of challenges. I'm not, sure. I'm, not, I'm not saying that. You know, there are challenges in the human dimension on every level. But I live in a space of all is well and everything's unfolding perfectly. Why is that space that I, I'm asking you to describe so ineffable? Like you can't. You use the word. It's words <laughs> You, it's so like my experiences that I've had, like I can visualize it and I can give you the words. It's almost like a dream where you can go, okay, I'm going to tell you what happened, but it's not conveying what I experienced. So why is it that they, that, that when you get into those, I'm going to call them higher dime, higher dimensions, um, higher frequency, why can't we articulate it here? You can because in words you can only say what it's not, because the word can't say what it is because the words obscure it. You see, it it can take you to the precipice of it through huh. the power of inspiration, huh. but it can only say what it's not, it, because what it is is. So once you say what it is, it ain't that because you oh said God. it. Yes, you named it, and it can only be that, and that's not what it is. It's everything. <laughs> Right. That's what the Bhagavad Gita says. Water wets it not, fire burns it not, wind blows it not away. If you name it, you can't find it. And when you find it, you can't name it. That's straight out of the Bhagavad Gita. When you find it, you can't name it. It's just, uh, I had a teacher that used to say, um, there's, a, there's a school of fish swimming in the ocean. And then this big wave pops one up onto the beach. And the fish for the first time is seeing people play volleyball or beach ball and they're seeing a picnic. And he no, has no context for what he's seeing. And then the wave knocks him back into the water and all the fish says, what do you see? And all I could say was, "Ura, ura, ura." <laughs> he couldn't say anything else because he had no context to define what he had seen. So everyone has an ura experience. Like, ura, uh, this is what happened. I can, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this. To the best of our ability, we try to describe it. But then it sounds oftentimes like some romantic big thing, you know, because compared to like just ordinary consciousness, it is, you know, but then people think it's far away, but it's not. Is God 
trying to show us the truth or what we could be or how we could feel? Or is it God in us? We are God and we are getting glimpses when we dissolve the veil and there the fuck enough it's, it's, to be yeah. able to go. Oh. Yeah, bliss. You enter into bliss states when uh, the veil is cleaned and suddenly you're in bliss. Bliss is different from pleasure. Pleasure goes up and down. Sure. You know, it has its issues. But bliss doesn't have any side effects. You see, it's it's that's what happens when I teach that you enter into the door of enlightenment by realizing you're already enlightened. All you're doing is removing the obscurations from the mind. You are it. You're it. Yeah. You, you And you didn't create yourself. You emerged from it as it. You emerged from it as it. So, so the ego can't grab your it and say, well, I'm it and she's not. We're all it. And it, don't forget. What is the point of this? What is the point of, there's so many different kind of levels here, but even just mm. this human experience, like let's just take each and each and every one of our individual human lives that exist right now. What's the purpose of it? Every, I, I believe everyone has the same purpose. We have different missions, different ways of expressing purpose. But our purpose is to reflect and to reveal the face of the divine according to our duty pattern. That's why we are here to do that. That somebody may do that as a choreographer or a teacher or whatever, mm -hmm. but you're here to do that. Now, when we look back billions of years and we bump into what is called the Big Bang mm -hmm. or the moment in which that which was invisible became visible as cosmos, multidimensional universes, solar systems, galaxies, living biology, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. People used to think, they used to tell parables, well, God was lonely. So God birthed all of this out of itself so that God wouldn't be lonely. Now, we know that's not true. How do you know that? Because you can be alone and not be lonely. Loneliness is a, it's a fog of the mind. It's not, because you know, there are people who can be with people who are lonely and people who can be by themselves who are lonely. But there are people who can be alone and not be lonely. So what? So that emergence was not from loneliness. That emergence was the emergence from bliss. The presence is so full of bliss and joy, it burst in, into creation so that the trees and the flowers and the grass and everything in existence would be in gratitude to be able to participate in the realm of the divine and the presence could know itself through all of its creation. It could see itself through all of its creation, know itself as a blade of grass, know itself as a human being becoming conscious, know itself as any of the billions of beings all throughout the multidimensional galaxies. The presence gets to be in bliss and know itself as all of that. It's fun. <laughs> It is. It's like, I am so grateful to get to the point where every now and again, I can feel that bliss or joy, as I've called it, just by like looking at a tree or a cactus or something very simple. It's not something found in some deep, 
yoga retreat on a 3 a.m. pineal gland meditation. It's like walking the dogs, you know, and I wish I could get that more often, but it's, um, it's really beautiful when those little things happen. So yeah, little pinpricks of reality breaking in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Wow. I mean, I clearly have a lot of questions, but I feel like we have to do it again. (laughs) Checked a lot of boxes right there. And you just, uh, you really shared such um, valuable information and, you know, we can only just hope that we all just keep raising our level of consciousness to really see ourselves as what we truly are. That's the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Thank you for the invitation. Thanks everybody for listening to the pretty intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.